Today marks the beginning of the Paschal Tradition, our three days of prayer which commemorate and recount our Lord's journey to the cross, culminating in his rising again on Easter and our celebration of his defeat of death itself. Death will feature probably for the next few days. While the world does everything in its power to avoid it, distracting itself or engaging in vain attempts to cheat it, over the next few days, we embrace the stark reminder that all things are born to death. Eventually, without divine intervention, our sun will explode. All that remains will be a ball of slag, our planet a burnt out cinder. All will be lifeless and boldly cold. It is the same fate for the rest of creation. Death waits for all men. And while death always gets its due, it remains impatient, eager to collect as soon as possible. Death came into the world because man lusted after God's power. Adam and Eve had a relationship with God. They had his love, but that wasn't enough. They desired to be little gods themselves. They committed the first sin and death came into the world. Their sin is our sin. The same sin we commit every day, in small and little ways, when we turn from God and take. When we choose to take and not receive. We take what isn't ours. We take resources, other people's times or effort, their trust, their love, God's love. And when we take, we also take a portion of death into ourselves. We poison our souls and fall further and further away from God. It is the story of mankind to seek life and so doing to kill ourselves. Men build monuments in vain attempts at marking his existence, to preserve in the memory of future generations and thereby maintain a kind of ghostly existence. Ancient peoples, from Canaan to Ireland to the Americas, sacrificed their friends, neighbors, and even children in attempts to appease the gods in order to gain some sliver of life. Seeking life, they worshiped death. But one group of people turned away from them. God came to Abraham and stayed his hand as he went to sacrifice his son Isaac. Abraham and his descendants turned to the one true God, the God of life. His people would fall away many times, but it was to this people to whom God had made his covenant. He remained faithful when they couldn't. Sin and death held them in bondage, and no matter how many times God came to their aid, they would always turn away and resubmit to bondage. What was required was an uprising of the slaves themselves. And so, God sent his only begotten son, not to lead a rescue mission, but instead a prison break. Man could not defeat death, so God became man, not to defeat death for us, but with us. On the night in which Jesus washed the feet of the apostles, he bent down and removed his garments, just as he descended from heaven and removed his divine splendor. He cleansed them from the accumulated grime and filth of the ground which they trod, making them fit for the meal. Jesus said to the apostles, He who is bathed is only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. Like them, we have been made clean in baptism, but we too accumulate a layer of grime as we journey through life. And in our confession and absolution, he cleanses us from our sins and makes us appropriate to sit at the wedding feast of the Lamb. But the apostles walk. This act of foot washing is a task of a slave not the Messiah. Jesus had entered into Jerusalem as a king, 
fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. For them, a king doled out reward and patronage. He bestowed benefices to his subjects, granting a modicum of his power and authority by proxy. Where the Messiah led, they thought themselves ready to follow. But for the Messiah to abase himself, to drop to the floor, and wash the dirt from their feet, this was conduct unbecoming, not just a king, but a free man. But Jesus does not come to grant us riches, power, honor, prestige, or a life of leisure. He did not come to give us what we want. He came to give us what we need. It's a hard thing to come to terms with. The idea of what we want and what we need are two very different things. For some, like myself, take multiple decades. But this is merely the first step. Allowing oneself to be served can also be a hard goal to swallow. Like letting someone take a look at a cut, or helping you up after you've taken a spill. For many, the first reaction is to say, no, no, I'm fine. No one wants to look helpless, or worse, feel helpless. But again, we turn to Jesus as an example. Very God of very God, omnipotent, all-knowing, by whom and through whom all things are, were, and ever will be, came down from heaven and took on our humanity. For nine months, nine months, he sat vulnerable, relying on his mother, Mary, for sustenance, and Joseph for protection of them both. The word made flesh allowed himself to be wordless in the flesh until he could speak. He allowed himself to be taught and cared for. He relied on them to feed him, to clothe him, Jesus allowed himself to be served as a big Yet when he deigns to serve us, we are poor. Sure, we're more than happy to receive certain gifts from God, but we draw back when this service makes us uncomfortable. It's odd to think that humility is required in order to allow oneself to be served. But accepting service, true service, requires recognition that the service rendered is one we cannot properly achieve ourselves. It is one thing to allow someone to mow our lawn, knowing in the back of our minds that we could mow the lawn ourselves, if we really wanted to. Besides, we pay the garden for our service. It's a transaction. Our time is more valuable than the amount saved. It's an entirely different thing to come to terms with the fact that, due to age or disability, we couldn't possibly mow the lawns ourselves. Worse yet would be if we could not pay for something to do it for us, and instead must rely on the charity of others. We no longer feel in control. It's no longer on our own terms. The same inclination that makes the simple act of foot washing uncomfortable is the same one that leads to the desperate need for some control of our own salvation. Pride is what drove St. Peter to deny Christ three times, just with pride that led Judas to betray Jesus calling him to leave the light of the upper room, driving him into the darkness of night. Pride is what led him, racked with guilt, to take his own life rather than return to Jesus with humility and seek forgiveness. Pride is what prevents us from not only allowing ourselves to be served, but also to serve others. Our term, Monday Thursday, is derived from a portion of today's gospel in Latin. 
the doctor can go over and do books. A new commandment I give to you. And doctor means commandment. It's where the word bonding comes from. Just as the source of our word mandate. Christ gives the apostles a mandate. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Christ's mandate to his apostles is one we must also follow. We are called to enter into God's service by servicing others. We can serve other people wrongly, out of a hope for gain, for example, seeking to earn our place in heaven, for recognition, for acclaim, and an anxious desire to please or be needed. Even service out of a desire to make a difference is often merely our pride talking. Rather, our service is to follow Christ's example, a service born out of love. Love is what transformed the shame of the cross into victory and death. Love transforms sin and death into hope and life. Love transforms service from a transaction of loss and gain into a relationship of mutual self-offering and reception. As Pope Benedict once noted, love is the very process of passing over, of transformation, of stepping outside the limitations of all humanity, in which we are all separated from one another ultimately impenetrable to one another into an infinite otherness. Love, God's love, is what transforms the other into the beloved, a stranger into a brother or sister, a servant into a friend. Merely human love is conditional. We dole it out sparingly in an attempt to ensure that it's not given in vain, that is returned in at least equal measure, protecting our hearts from being broken, but Jesus teaches us that love is unconditional. It is to be freely given without thought of reward or return. Love, true love, comes with it the acceptance of suffering. To give love unconditionally means to risk the suffering of love rejected. But Christ's love is always there, filling us and sustaining us. If we would only get out of our own way and instead of trying to take, enter into Christ and be partakers of his love. And that way, we enter into a relationship of love with God and with others, participating in His love. Our love is limited. His is infinite. And through Him and with Him, we can love with His love, loving others through Him and loving Him through others. It is an ongoing process, this humbling of ourselves, this letting go of our pride so we can accept His call to service as well as allow ourselves to be served. Words are a perfect tool to describe what is, in the end, indescribable. Our journey through Holy Week today on Monday, Thursday, tomorrow on Good Friday, and finally in our vigil and Easter celebration, we attempt to narrate together as best we can the divine reality of our transformed selves in words and songs, in reenacting and commemoration of Jesus' acts of service knowing that they are but poor substitutes for our lived experience of Christ's love, which has brought us out of death and into new life. Yet they represent the best our fallen natures can provide. We muddle on in our limited way, expressing the limitless, encountering the one who, in the words of St. Paul, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. 
and being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. <laughs> 